0: Hi, welcome to the Global AI Podcast. With the passage of time, ease of accessibility, the digital footprint of users over the internet have accelerated. It is believed that over 2.5 billion petabytes of data is created every day and this number is increasing momentarily. AI loves data and that's why it's considered as the lifeblood of AI. In this episode, we're going to learn from Leila Eto'ati about how data and AI actually work together and how they influence the overall decision-making for business.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Global AI uh, Podcast. This is the second episode. Uh, I'm uh, JK, and I'm also here with Salvi. Hi, Jekhi. Uh, A little bit of fist bump here. Uh, and today we're going to, uh, talk about on how AI and data works. Just a second. I had a stream on the other side, uh, on how AI and data works together with, uh, Leila Etati. Um, now Leila is, uh, a AI and data platform MVP, a data scientist, uh, and co-organizer of BI and Power BI Auckland user group and also what we're going to touch upon is she is also organizing workshops on ai for women so let's have leila with us hi Layla.
2: Hello. hi
1: Layla. Hi. Uh, so how have you been doing in new zealand
2: oh good actually it's sunny today and uh, actually yeah it's going well how are you how are you guys are you fine Do you- uh, how's, how's happening in brisbane and sydney i believe
0: some is based in sydney yeah yes i am there's been a huge heat over the weekend but it was good because we have australian day as well and it was good good time for going to beach and stay in the sun <laughs> get some tan
1: yeah. Was, yeah, al- yeah yeah i also had a great uh, weekend i had the first barbecue at my friend uh in the last year and a half so it was a um a major milestone
0: oh my gosh hope it went
1: well Did oh, it? yeah it, it went really well
0: Oh, that's great nice. yeah cool really
2: happy to be with you guys that's uh great i have i hope that i can see you again in person but great yeah. still to be in touch in online and thank you for having me thank you thanks yeah, for
0: accepting uh, our invitation and joining us data
1: yeah, that, uh, we're really happy for uh, having you here. And we have already a couple of questions for you uh, to get started. So the first question we have, is it true that data fuels AI? And if it is, uh, then how does it uh, do that?
2: Oh yes, uh, actually, yeah, data is really important uh, for AI. And uh, to be honest, so, uh, if you look at the data uh, that we have, so we start from uh, actually looking at what happened in the data in the past. So the first before AI and other things we have creating, we are, uh, we were creating reports. So we look at the data at uh, that time to see what we've done in the past in our organization and in any business. After that, we come up with the IoT technology and live streaming uh, to see what uh, currently happens. So we know what has happened in the past. Now we're looking uh, on the data to see what we can see happening now. And the third trend is about, okay, so now we know what is happening in the past. uh, actually find a pattern on that and now based on that we are going to see we we'll do some benefits about how we can see future so uh, actually so yes data is actually uh, kind of for the any AI and machine learning uh, we definitely need data and AI really helps the to get more insight out of the data
1: sounds good it's like data <laughs> data data and then you think about everything else Yes, that's correct.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you mentioned, I guess everything uh, drives from data. And with the data that we have, we can predict uh, the future based on the historical data uh, that we have. That's a very interesting point. But having said the mentioning that, I guess nowadays the privacy has become a great concern for everybody. So when we talk about creating a data set for training or evaluation purposes, how do we ensure that we have that data integrity and the privacy in place? Uh, for everybody to be in a peace, peaceful mind uh, saying that, okay, our data is secure, we have a data integrity in place so we can move forward.
2: Yes, exactly, Sami. So that's a really uh, people worry about the AI, that AI can collect all of our you know, personal or business information, and it's not really good. So we have a concepts of ethics of AI or responsible AI, that I think before setting up any AI application, they should be considered. There are a couple of principles that actually Microsoft recently also set up that principle in the name of responsible AI. So there are some kind of the ethics. So one of them, as you mentioned, is about the security. So That means that, for example, for a recommendation system to be more personalized, we need having more data from customer because we want to know them. So based on that, we recommend and provide some classification or uh, uh, clustering or whatever. And that should be actually, we should be committed about how we actually collect this data and this data should be secure. So uh, I think before uh, actually setting any AI, uh, we should be be careful about Uh, these. Even for our prediction, there is a concepts of the fairness and inclusiveness that we have in responsible AI. That's another one. That's um, uh, so it shouldn't be like a machine. We should consider. We should include all of the people with a different uh, kind of uh, different type from ethnicity, from gender, from other different things. We should consider. So these are the things. Uh, plus, uh, as you mentioned, the important one is the safety and security of the data. Uh, we should plan for that so it's not just setting the AI it means that mm-hmm. these AI should be kind of respect these things uh, otherwise it's not being it, it's designed to be helpful but it doesn't respect that is not really helpful for people
0: so there are some sort of principle that we need to have in place in order to be able to build that solution to follow that patterns and the policy and the privacy
2: yes it is so- yeah, so we have fairness, inclusiveness, transparency, uh, mm-hmm. reliability, and security. Uh, the sic- uh, the safety. There are a couple about seven principles that uh, actually before any AI setup, so people need to. Be careful about that and set it up and then start the uh, actual AI, which is I I believe is good because, uh, for example, we have a concept of transparency for the responsible AI. That means that uh, most of people want to know how this algorithm works or is it works for them, uh, how it's going to save their data. So that should be transparent about that. So they need to know where their data is going to be saved. So That's
0: good to know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, I think uh, what's an interesting problem we have with AI is there was uh, examples in Europe, or was it in U.S., where a teenage <laughs> girl was starting to get uh, uh, things for pregnancy, uh, diapers and all of that stuff, and uh, her father was like, what's going on? Uh, why are you recommending all of that stuff? And what turned out is that the AI figured out that she was pregnant, before she even knew, uh, or what was, I think she, she might have known, but her father didn't. So based on just the patterns of buying, uh, they could figure all of that out, which, yeah, I think, <laughs> what do you think about not just, um, the security of the data, but also the responses? Um, should we also watch on, uh, on that? What we are giving back from the AI models to the people
2: yes uh actually you're right absolutely so that's become really scary that is actually sometimes you want some limitation you want to some boundary for that so maybe it's not uh, some of the aspects of your life maybe you want to be so secure so uh, we have a uh, also concepts of accountability that means that it should be uh, kind of uh, connected to the cultural to the rules that we have in our society so uh, as you mentioned the example of the uh, recommendation uh, uh, some uh, pregnancy you know package to the girls so maybe it's kind of is it's a limitation that we have in a society. So yes, uh, and it's hard actually, to be honest, we're talking about mm. to having that, but to be honest, uh, if you think about that, implementing these things, uh, beside to be actually a good AI is, is a really challenging, but needed,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, the I think it's going to be a very interesting challenge going forward. We're not just needing to think about the data security and how we store everything, making sure the, the models are fair and all of that. We also need to make sure how the, the end result is going to be perceived by the people. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't help that you've done everything right. If the answer, uh, that people get is something they don't like or find, or find offensive, uh, okay. even though it might not be offensive it's just offensive in that particular case um so uh the next question we have is a little bit more of a developer centric so if i am a web developer or an old, old school i.t support person can i still learn about data and ai and what's the best place for that
2: so yeah that's uh, actually a, a new uh Kind of the so AI is kind of the new movement that we have in a data space. So before that, we have more of the job about storing the data. So we about managing the data. So administrative and also data management. And after that, we come with the reporting and the other. And the next after that is about getting more insight out of the data. So for people coming from the uh, kind of, uh, well, as you mentioned, all the school background, uh, this uh, this also possible. They have multiple choice. So uh, because they are maybe good with the coding, uh, so they can start with uh, some of the data management, uh, querying the data uh, de- as a data engineering. Um, and also, to be honest, uh, these days, uh, data analysis can be done by uh, different type of people. If they know the just the uh, structure of the data, uh, they can still do some data analysis. Uh, we do training in New Zealand, so we have a, we actually do lots of uh, Power BI and AI training. One of our customers one of our is actually he's a doctor, so he has a clinic, and uh, because he wants to analyze the uh, uh, the data that he got from his uh, patient and uh, he wants to kind of do for his research and things so he has to learn data analysis so he start to learn data model and based on that so now he can do that for uh and definitely the later the next stage is about the data science so i can set start from data administrative to data engineering query of the data data analysis uh and also after that he's getting the more insight of the data as a data science so these are the paths so based on what they actually really interested some people are more interested to uh, become a more business oriented part so they go into the data analysis and that's a really it can be not a hard uh, kind of process some people really loves the algorithm so for them definitely knowing some machine learning algorithm and as you mean, as you know guys uh, learning R and Python is a way to doing that so for each of them there is a specific learning path and I think that's enough material we have in different websites and you know just Microsoft website or the other website uh, that they provide this information. So I think, no, these days it's possible. So I have a uh, lots of friends that actually, the background wasn't data, but they're interested. Uh, in couple of, in two or three years, they start their career in data, and it's possible.
1: Yeah, it kind of started a similar way. Um, like a couple of years ago, I didn't have much AI knowledge. Uh, got something from school, but... Uh, I did have to start with something like ML.net, uh, that got me jump-started. I did TensorFlow and stuff like that, but ML.net is really the one that got it started. All right. I think uh, some of you have also had a couple of questions.
0: Yeah. Following up to the comments that you were talking about how to get to the usage of the AI, what is the best way to actually utilize the AI? There are some small businesses that struggle to find the right talent to apply, to apply AI into their solution to actually solve their problem. So I guess that's, uh, that's where the confusion is. They don't know where to start and how to apply uh, AI to be able to solve the problem. You mentioned that they need to look at it, uh, what they want to do with digital data. Is this the business problem that they want to solve? Is this something else that they want to build? So I guess there are there's some struggle to find what is best for them. So what, the, what is your recommendation or the best way that you think would be helpful for them to solve their problem or get them started?
2: Uh, thanks, Ami. So, yes, that's actually, uh, that uh, uh, can be uh, challenging for uh, some of the business that uh, actually they want to start with the AI. One of them is about the cost of the uh, employee, kind of employee uh, data scientist. So, because uh, first of all, maybe they don't have that much data as the enterprise has. So, that's one
0: problem.
2: Another one is about the uh, actually some of the uh, some of them uh, maybe they couldn't go for the uh, like in some of the very uh, algorithm that they need lots of data like image processing or neural network and the other uh, but they still for example uh, one of the use case that I can see in most of the small business that they can is about the anomaly detection uh, so uh, for example in a small business they see that um, There are some changes in the, in the expense that they have, or they, for example, running a small business about accounting uh, and help other people to take care of their account tax and the other. So they can apply that one to make sure that they really, there is no very uh, kind of anomaly in the tax or the other. So there are some UCS scenario that they can use. Uh, also, uh, for this scenario, maybe it's expensive to hire a big team for doing the data science, uh, but there are some preview tools for them that actually they can use them. So automated ML, uh, ML uh, actually the designer, and the other is for these people that they don't want actually to put lots of money to hire someone to doing that. So, uh, you know, from different perspectives So. In some scenario, they have lots of data, but it's expensive for them to hire someone so they can use these pre-tools. Or sometimes uh, they think that uh, so uh, they don't have enough data for the image processing and prediction, but uh, still there are some problems, uh, there are some things that they can actually uh, still solve that one. As I mentioned, like uh, detection, the anomaly detection or the using the knowledge mining or uh, like a sentiment analysis to understand how their customers feeling about them and something like that yeah
0: that's great you basically answer my second question that for the companies that have thousands of records what is the best way for them to utilize their data and i guess the example that you mentioned the anonymity detector was the best way to handle that and you said there are some pre tools that they can preset tools that they can Go ahead and start using right and hiring uh, um, external resources to help them which might be costly to start with that's that's great what else do you think that they can rely on out of the box kind of way uh, before jumping into the ocean
2: so uh so the the other one that actually we can say is about uh, they, uh, one of the challenges that i can see actually is about they most of this company doesn't have a good data so uh, when they're talking about uh, doing AI and you're going to, you also may face because you guys are also doing lots of AI, you're going and see that the data that they have is not really good data, doesn't have a good quality data format is not good. So we hmm. couldn't really get inside. I have experienced that uh, I face a customer is a small, is a medium to small, uh, and they have about 5 million records of data. So they said, yeah, we have a good bunch of data. So let and after I analyze the data with some, uh, actually, that uh, SQL and also Power BI, we come up with just very small rows of the data because we couldn't use the other. The data entry has problem. So I think the first step is about to make sure they have a good data, and after that, uh, they can see that uh, what sort of business they business problem they have. So some of them like this or uh, like. Uh, for example, most of the AI part, like cognitive services, can be applied for this small business. So, you know, when we're talking about AI, people are always go to the prediction. So, no, it's not just about that. So, anything related to AI, and related cognitive services, knowledge mining, uh, text analytics, voice can be also applied. So, uh, it shouldn't just
0: be prediction. <laughs>
1: That's
0: great to hear. Thanks. Thank
1: yeah. Uh, most of the uh, clients that I have for AI, we also uh, first look at the cognitive services and then uh, building up toward machine learning. Uh, so we they, we don't go, um, you know, the hardest solution right away. And even with machine learning, we go first the simplest frameworks for the deep learning. Very right. We yeah,
2: have. It? That's a good uh-huh. approach, actually. Yep. <laughs>
1: We have a good uh, uh, project, not project, uh, question uh, from, I might butcher uh, the name, uh, Musta, I might have butchered the name, sorry about that. Um, Is uh, Azure AI certification uh, the right way to start? So he seems to be working at CRM and he wants to get into um, AI and is that the right approach to get started? (laughs)
2: Okay. Yeah. Sure. I think um the Azure AI actually we have a, a couple of uh exam, but also beside that we have we have some uh, in Microsoft they have some uh learning path. So yes, that's a really good start. The uh, Azure uh, AI is uh, fundamental and also uh. Azure Fundamental, both of them, can be a really good start for people who are new to this stuff and they just want to explore. So I remember, uh, uh, because I'm running a workshop for women for motivate them to actually to become part of this, and there are some uh, actually women that they want to have their own company and uh, they are not programmer, but they want because they're looking for some idea about AI and uh kind of their project kind of related so when they attend this course they just understand what is happening even uh, i may, uh, mean that even for people who are not in this space is a really good start so definitely i recommend uh to do that question on the training uh, i mean the foundation exam
0: how much is it i guess it's a split between ai knowledge and machine learning knowledge do is it is it the case or should we focus more on AI side than
2: machine learning? Uh, so actually both of them. So the the uh, there is an exam actually. I'll share the link, uh, link link after this. I can share that. So it's kind of the both of them as you mentioned. So it's part of the uh, machine learning concepts about the what is the machine learning and what tools we have. So that's one. Another one is the AI part. That's back to the uh, kind of uh, the vision, uh, the image processing, that uh, actually language understanding, and also creating the bot. So it's kind of cover the board and provide a very, very basic knowledge of how they are works and how we can have them in a real scenario for them. So I totally recommend to
0: start from that. That's great. And you mentioned that you, you're running some workshop uh, for women, uh, for the women mm-hmm. who wants to get into AI as well. So yes, I guess exactly. they can share more about that with us as well.
2: So that's sure a sure. new project, actually. We run for the APAC, for the Asia-Pacific. So, uh, to be honest, we don't, uh, not just between women, uh, in, in general, we do have few people in AI in Australia, New Zealand, at least in the Microsoft part, we, we have few one. So, there's an the encouragement to kind of uh, start from a learning path, so to show them how it's easy. So, yes, I'm running a couple of uh, in-person in Oakland, but also we plan to have some uh, based on the time zone uh, of uh, New Zealand, Australia, in the online one. So uh, definitely, and it's a free one, so uh, uh, kind of everyone interested and wants to kind of participate in this exam, they can uh, welcome. Uh, and it's about the uh, three days, so we kind of going through the whole of the scenarios uh, about the learning path and everything.
0: That would be great if you share. We don't have that much of a t- the difference time between Australia and New Zealand, so I guess many of uh, us would love to join as well. So please share that link with us later on. Sure,
1: sure. I would yeah. definitely do that Thank too. you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, and we should connect so we get uh, more workshops and more people involved uh, so that we get a new generation of AI uh, experts uh, from New Zealand and Australia.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, hope so. Really, really looking forward to that because even uh, you guys also running a user group, even for our user group, we struggle to find uh, people who are speaking. So I think it's a good motivation people come and uh, I think uh, maybe people think because the name is a bit scary when you talk about AI and ML. So people uh, maybe uh, don't feel that they can be matched but uh, it's good to kind of help them that, hey, it can be start, as you mentioned, break by break. So start from easy to the next level and the less. So kind of help them to kind of join us in this community.
0: Yeah, that was my first impression when I heard about AI, even though I had a little technical background as well. But my first impression, is going to be very difficult for me to start learning. But there was lots of material on Microsoft website, as well as other places that gets you enough information to start building. And with those pre-tools that are available, it was very easy to try out your ideas and see how those services work. I found it really int- easy to get into it. So I although the name may sound uh, scary or challenging, but it's not the case. I, I had the same feeling, but now, now I don't.
2: Yeah, I yeah, totally so understand. Uh, also, uh, I can mention, add to that, um, um, uh, actually, I, I I'm same as you guys. I'm kind of for the AI. I'm a self learner, so kind of start from R and other machine learning. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, when I going to a customer website, because, sorry, customer side. I mean that in the, in person. And uh, if I want to show them all or my Python code, they, they just you know just just freak out. So uh, I always looking for a business side. So kind of mm-hmm. better to showing them. Uh, about a year or two years ago, I come up with the Power Apps and Microsoft Flow, and I love them actually because that's actually helped me to uh, kind of show the use case of the AI to the customer with the app. So I start to create that time we don't have AI builder before the AI builder generation. So uh, I use the combination of Power Apps and Flow uh, to connect to the cognitive services, for example, create the app for face recognition. Or image tagging, and when you show this uh, kind of applicable, you know people uh, don't look like a, you know, just don't look at algorithm. They see the real thing in a very
0: tangible
2: honest... result. Exactly, and they kind of okay. Now we can have AI. So uh, and that time is actually is a bit hard to work with a uh, Microsoft flow at least for me, because I'm not an <laughs> Office 365 person uh, That's much. You know, I'm SharePoint and the other, I'm not really expert on that. It's a bit hard for me that time. And after that, the AI Builder comes, I feel really good. Uh, that's one that people feel that, okay, they can move that. So some tools like Cognitive Services, AI Builder, they are really good tools actually for starting with the AI and later on, people get motivated to go under that. So what's the algorithm behind that? I want to know more about neural network. I want to know about how to you know, hyper tuning and the other stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Power BI, because uh, before uh, Power BI had the AI stuff uh, in it, uh, what they show to people is Postman, which essentially is just you put in URL, you put headers in, and they'll show, hey, I'm going to give you a demo of how to make facial recognition in Postman, which basically means <laughs> everything you see, you can replicate it. <laughs> just don't take my tokens. Uh, yes. and, and people were like, oh, wait, just do that, and that, and that. And then at a later point, I, w- I didn't even bother showing most of the stuff because I just told them, look, they're literally links. And you're literally just sending Jasons. I'm going to tell you what you can do with it rather than going through all of that, because the most interesting part, at least I think, is what you can do with AI. And uh, how, uh, I could give you a question regarding, um, for people that you, um, taught, uh, consulted with and thought, um, how easy or hard it is to give people imagination what they can do with ai and how you can help them uh, get to use cases
2: um so it's actually yeah that's a that's a different thing so it's uh, for companies so for example for an insurance company we start to creating some uh, actually ai with their data so i remember it by this back to 12, 2016 actually so i start to actually that's a first They first experiment with the AI. So I start to do some prediction with the R and Python, but again, I see that they couldn't understand. I used the Azure ML Studio that time. Now we have Azure ML Designer. So I don't explain the process through that. So I didn't done the job with the Studio, but I explained the process with that and because it's easy to understand so they kind of accept that project and we go and so yes we use to be honest we mainly use the r for that project but actually we can motivate them so uh It's a bit hard for people first to accept to AI because uh, it's, it's like a black box for them. They couldn't trust it. Uh, as you mentioned in the first of the uh, session about personalized data, uh, or is it really good, can help them, is it good evaluation? So it's very hard at the start, but yeah, always kind of starting very simple approach. I think it uh, works. Hope so. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's one of the hardest things that I found is basically just show them and let them experience what they can do with AI. They are always thinking about prediction, always thinking about maybe just a classification, but or facial recognition. That's usually the very common one. that's like, oh, we don't need facial recognition. It's like ah, it's a little bit more than that.
2: <laughs> yes, you're right. So. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. So, uh, yeah, people uh, just uh, some or for example, there was another example about the uh, there was an oil company that actually they want to use the object detection uh, for the kind of finding the uh, the layer of the you know the layer of the soil. So they have different colors. So how we can do that? So they are they are really interesting things. So the only thing is about just talk to them and help them to, un- as you mentioned, it's not just facial recognition or prediction. We can do other things, object detection, classification, many, many things other than we can do with AI. So I think there is important that we have a good discussion with them to find out what other problem can be solved uh, actually using AI.
1: Sounds good. Um, so just pick up uh, the next question, um, so we can move along with uh, the list, and we are going to be then be able to just reform, um the podcast. Um, so, for instance, we have a startup or we have a small business. Um, how can we find some AI talents that could help us uh, make the solution? And how can we find the right people uh, for uh, making solutions?
2: So um, I think community, always uh, the answer is uh, be part of the community. So uh, that's the best part, to be honest, uh, because uh, that's a community as well as you have actually a user group and also global AI. Uh, be part of this community actually help you to be in touch with it people with the different skills for example jk is great on ml.net also SOMI works so, so you see that you say okay i have a project on ml.net i need to kind of have a consultancy with the jk or again i have a i want to know algorithm so i can go to SOMI and ask her so that's the kind of the solution that actually we have or for example i mainly work with the ai in power platform so they have so these be part of the community is not just about it's good for learning definitely but also is a really good network that people can know that who because it is not possible to be kind of expert in all of the areas all of us is have a big focus on that and uh, that's kind of helped. and uh, to be honest uh, i think uh, even for the uh, finding people that they are graduate they have some understanding of machine learning and with the help of the uh, some of the course that actually helped them to bring the understanding of the machine learning to the real world also can be that's become a cheaper solution because uh, some small company they don't they couldn't afford uh, for example a data scientist uh, the salary actually for them and they Definitely, they can hire a graduate uh, that they are ready to go, and they just need some skill with the new uh, products. And I don't think they are totally talented, and they are really motivated to doing that. So yeah, there are kind of different things, but definitely community. I always said, uh, really, really, uh, uh, kind of precious to have these communities in AI, in power platform, and also in SQL. I, I really love these communities.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we, uh, the community is uh, allowing us to actually uh, solve a lot of problems. Uh, if not solving that and finding the right person, they might uh, actually push it in the right direction. Maybe you can use existing developers and they just need to learn a few things, like maybe cognitive services, and you might not need an expert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I found it in a user group when you talk to the audience there, they may raise some points from their point of view or the experience that they have within their organization or company, which actually gives you some ideas how to solve your problem. And with this discussion, I guess people can exchange ideas and thought. And I found it very valuable to join and be part of the community. And I guess this um, win-win uh, for both sides as well. And now that you were mentioning uh, about power platforms, and how much uh, you like our Platforms. And you also mentioned that there was a time that there was no AI Builder feature in the Power Platforms and you had to showcase different ways uh, to, to let the customers see how you, they can leverage on the AI uh, services. So now with the added feature of AI Builder to Power Apps as well as uh, Power Automate, what is your thought on that one? How it can add value to build up a solution more quickly, quicker and also let a non-technical um, user to be able to leverage on those uh, features. What is your thought on that one?
2: Yes, yes, I uh, really, to be honest, uh, and from the start of the AI builder, I kind of monitor that. So a- every component, I just follow them. And I see that's lots of improvement. I remember uh, there was a, actually at the start, they have a form recognizer that actually used the behind the scene, used the form recognizer in cognitive services. And uh, uh, I use it for the uh, our SQL status at that time. So for the speaker evaluation, we put the paper so people can write because to be honest, some people forgot to uh, fill out the online evaluation. So we kind of force people to evaluate people. And uh, for that time, I remember it doesn't recognize the checkbox and some of the handwriting, not clear, but I tested again uh, about a year uh, like uh, about six months ago, and I found it is much, much actually improved. or it's the same for the, for example, they have a service for the uh, uh, business card reader and also for the invoice reader. So that's a kind of the very normal things that every company has and, they want to, you know, for the invoice, uh, they need that. And is these this is much more accurate. I see the improvement on that. And to be honest, I think they uh, they are the AI system that become a normal for each company. You know, for mm-hmm. example, for myself, I uh, use uh, I use that one where, because when we go into conference, you meet some people. Some people gives you the business card. Uh, some through LinkedIn. Yeah some business card. And what I do actually, I use that application, scan uh, their name and email and directly going to add to my outlook. And I have their number and everything. So actually I just scan that and give it back to them, the business card. And that's a kind of a simple solution that every company has. So I really love AI Builder kind of connect the app and the AI part really good to each other. Uh, I'm looking forward to see more
0: features of that. (laughs)
1: That's great. Yeah, yeah I worked a little cool. bit with I think I have some double up. Oh okay. Um I had some echo thing. Um uh, yeah, I we use a little bit with the uh, form recognizer, uh, a custom form recognizer and finally enough, uh, when you mentioned feedback, uh, I was attempting so to make a um, form recognizer that recognizes the feedback users have written on the paper. And what happened was everything worked except for the most important part, which were the radio boxes, uh, check boxes. And that wasn't supported at that time. And yeah, this is where then it goes to crazy, uh, technologies where you start using, uh, vision, uh, API, trying to train what is, uh, checked, but it's not checked. Uh, it's very interesting, but yeah, the, for you know, just recognizing the form, that was like one hour.
2: Yes, yes. I guess it's very easy to
0: set up. It's because I, I believe it's a wizard-based uh, kind of solution for the people that doesn't have like all the technical background to be able to implement the robot solution. That wizard and the user-friendly interface, I guess, it's really make it very easy um, uh, to pick up. And uh, I'm keen to see how it will pick up the hand-written. Uh, uh, documents because mm-hmm. I have not so I've got not so much very well handwriting so I'm keen to see how I can read my handwriting. I have to give it a go. Yeah, let <laughs> you train, you try it time. can you train itself based on my handwriting <laughs> to make it more accurable. <laughs> yeah Maybe I try to...
2: handwriting. I'm also terrible at handwriting. I always <laughs> when I fully daft the four I need to explain what I write so <laughs> <laughs> same always. here. <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was not bad 70% is actually able to that time able to detect my handwriting which is really good actually I that's good
0: so I'm sure yeah. it have improved since then because as you mentioned it, the model improves itself over the time so i'm i'm sure it has been better yes yes yeah so uh, yeah we
1: just had arafat for a little bit yeah um <laughs> thank giant <laughs> uh I had a little bit of experience with the hand printing and how accurate it is. I had hundreds of feedback from people and it was actually pretty decent. So at the time that it didn't recognize, what I noticed is that even myself, I was struggling and I always could see why it wasn't able to recognize, like if there's an I that then somehow could get converted into L or, you know, they, they corrected things or. You know, things were too uh, close and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's what, um, uh, that's where it can quite recognize it tries to do the best guess. But the worst thing that I have noticed is if you have dots for the line, it thinks it's (laughs) actual dots. It doesn't Mm -hmm. think it's the line. So I hope that's, that's going to, uh, improve in the future and, and I mentioned before about checkboxes, they released it a few months after I did my talk about all of that, after I did all of the work. So I need to go back and see if uh, they have released that feature, uh, I think. Uh, so I need to go back and see how that works, see if I can just throw away a hundred hours of work on uh, training custom vision.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool.
0: Well, another question on the AI builder: Is it available for
2: all um, region and environments, or is still in preview? Uh, some, some, uh, still um, kind of uh, general available, but some of mm-hmm. them uh, still on preview. Uh, I need to check. I'm not memorize all of them, but I think object detection is uh, available for everyone. Uh, yes uh the prediction also i think is available business card reader i think is general available but there are some of them still there so uh, need to check but some yes yeah, still in preview yeah.
0: okay good thank you you're welcome.
1: yeah and right, you, uh, i remember previously we talked about exams and mm-hmm. i heard that you have finished one of the uh air exams do you have any tips and tricks for anyone who tries to uh do them
2: so to be honest the first one is uh, read question properly <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one because i think some of the questions always you come up with a so uh, always is multiple choice or is about choosing two or three options so you didn't need to write anything mm-hmm. they never asked you to write a code, uh, but I always struggle with the understanding of the question, and the answer is hidden in the question, and you come wow. up with a two choice that actually both of them work, but one of them is better than the other. So kind of is uh, so two answer, one of them is good, another is better. So you should go to the better one. So I think the best uh, things that I can advise is uh, kind of for these type of questions. So uh, that's an AI um, exam for the AI fundamental has about five modules. So one of them is responsible AI, talking Mm -hmm. about that how we can be responsible regarding the AI. So that is the first part. Then is going through the Azure ML designer and automated ML. So that's uh, another question. And also some fundamental questions About the what is regression, what is classification and clustering. Uh, So these type of questions. And then uh, to the custom vision. uh, So uh, from image classification uh, to image tagging and how to uh, kind of how to deploy it and something like that. And also a bit about sentiment analysis, uh, keyword extraction. And finally about uh, Azure bot. So controversial AI. So these are the topics that's going there. And uh, they are kind of the learning path that I sent to you. The link actually uh, is is the things that they are going to talk about. That so I think if someone going through all of the learning path and doing the, all of the workshops, they can easily understand that how it's good. Also, there are some knowledge deck at the end of the each uh, part that's so similar to the exam question. So I think that's a that's a I love that learning path. To be honest, uh, is a really good. Uh, document for learning these uh, these exams. Uh, it's really fluent. I think uh, is there is no error on that. So if someone step by step, they can follow. So a good it's a great
0: it's a great starting point, I believe. Um, so do you mentioned about uh, knowing uh, there are some parts regarding to ML Studio? Do we need the deep technical knowledge on how ML Studio works, where things are, how to deploy, or the high level knowledge would be suffice?
2: Uh, so it's not uh, it's not going through the uh, very uh, kind of the writing Python or R or deployment, for example, mm-hmm. the Azure DevOps or the other. It's just going uh, to create a web service at the end of the each uh, section for Azure ML Designer and uh, Azure ML Auto- uh, Automated ML, and then there is a written Python code that they, you just put your um, uh, actually your endpoint key and the and the endpoint url there and it's going yeah, to work yeah. with that so it's not a comp it's not about the algorithm mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. Uh, just about the very general good to know that's so it's not
0: that scary then
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it's not this and even it's written that yeah uh, for example there is a python code there they said yeah, uh, the, it, uh, it's complicated, but don't look on that. Just put the it's funny that in the middle of the uh, actually workshop is written, that i really
1: positive.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's good
1: to you. I think it's uh, more and more important that understand what you can do with AI and how to be responsible than um, essentially trying to figure out all of the algorithms. And I actually have still two questions about the exam. Uh, one is is exam available online? Yes, exam uh,
2: happen online, and these days uh, there is a, actually Microsoft provide a a discount for this exam. That is uh, about uh, originally it is one hundred US dollar, but now is uh, fifteen one five US dollar because uh, for people who are affected by COVID. So, for example, uh, so everyone kind of. Uh, like a uh, lose their job or their salary going down, or infected in some way, they can use that one. So uh, this actually helps to people. So in this uh, kind of in the COVID area, they can actually upskill themselves and become part of the uh, kind of job market. So uh, so and also it is online. Uh, this happened online is not in person, and so same as the other online, you should be in a empty room with an empty desk. Uh, so you just allow to have some papers no retenting, so yeah it's uh, it's uh, about 90 minutes uh with about around 50 questions
1: uh yeah and yeah i've done some of the uh um that has the uh exercises that you sent and i can tell you um for the viewers that haven't uh and listeners that haven't tried this yet uh one of the uh Uh, Learning items, you can actually create your own Azure instance and try out things right there. Which is like, I was like, "Good job! I can. I don't even have to pay anything to learn all of that stuff." So maybe that I'm uh, a little bit answering uh, the question for you is basically you don't have to uh, have an Azure subscription to try to learn all of that. Which I think it's really good, uh, Mm -hmm. even though you get an free Azure, um, I think you get some free credits, and even after that expires, you still get uh, free access uh, to uh, most of the cognitive services. Uh, all right. So have a little. I'll just take over another question. So we have talked about workshops uh, earlier, and um, how do you organize them? uh what workshops do you do and um do you have any uh, su- uh suggestions for instance if you want to learn for ai which one would you uh suggest us to uh join
2: oh so uh i'm a person that i need to read myself so one of my ways to learning is actually is about teaching, so I'm learned to teach, so I'm that person. So uh, that's actually I'm uh, really uh, looking for uh, some of the documents that available, so I can uh, I most of the time I'm going to the Microsoft documents and the other weblogs that the MVPs write. So that's my main learning uh, resources. About the workshops, so they are uh, actually different. It depends on what sort of the workshop people want. So if they're looking for the algorithm side, so there are some uh, like uh, DataCamp and uh, Kaggle and the other, that's really uh, they are good in the algorithm side. But if they want to go to the technical side, so that's a uh, different there are, uh, there are lots of MVPs that actually run the workshops there. And uh, so, yeah, there, there are many resources, actually. Uh, one of the free resources that we have is Odami. That actually, I think they provide lots of really good material to learn. EDX. So, there are plenty, actually.
1: Sorry, I was muted. Uh, yeah, I um, think uh, we should get some links uh, to your workshops uh, so people can uh, have a look at all of the workshops. And one maybe a personal question, uh, I also do some workshops online and uh, with, you know, all the COVID craziness and uh, restrictions and stuff like that, how can you handle with all of uh, organization talking to people and things like that?
2: So, uh, we actually, we, we previously we run courses, you know, sometimes in person, we travel to Australia and other countries. So, uh, about a bit before COVID happened, actually, we start our own online academy, so. We create all of the things that previously we teach in in, in person. So uh, most in Power BI or Azure or uh, any about. I think now these days we have more than 50 different courses that actually we have. So all of them we start to record, and we see more people actually going through that. So we create a kind of a small academy through that, and I think people are now uh, kind of uh, really more interested to uh, to attend this type of the course and doing that, so I think it's kind of changed the culture of the learning. You see that we have lots of conference happening now. So before that, maybe people are not that much interested to attend conference online, but these days is a norm. And I I think that after the COVID finish, maybe it's hard to get people to the in person conference because they already use, as you mentioned, uh, that. They can sit at home and kind of, you know, they're doing their job. So it's hard to now to get them there. So I think people are more uh, compatible with the online training and online conferences and workshops. So uh, now these days, I think it's a good move that if anyone wants to create a workshops or doing things, uh, now uh, I think people are more interested into the online, uh, actually, workshops or any events.
1: And you find right. people... Uh, sorry, uh, uh, just one la- last question. Uh, and do you find uh, people that learn through online workshops better uh, or physically?
2: It's different, to be honest. So in the online one, you couldn't have, uh, there is some limitation on the space. So because you need to, uh, for example, sometimes you need to connect to their desktop and help them through the, if they got challenges. So you you should have a limited number. And also I found that. In the in-person, it's possible to have eight hours long workshop. But in the online one, it's become really boring for people to eight hours sitting. So uh, in the worst case scenario, it should be just four hours a day. It shouldn't be more than that because it's become a bit boring. And uh, uh, finding a way to kind of uh, keep people just more uh, kind of, add some fun things and uh because people are made easily distracted when they sit on the computer so that's a challenge actually we have but in the other side they are beside their family they are at home so it's much more
0: convenient
1: uh sorry about that um was muted um so yeah that's all good good like um i hope anyone who's organizing uh workshops or once the attend workshops and they're like, should they go online or not? Should they wait for, uh, for um, uh, COVID to go away and go to physic- uh, physical events? I hope that gives them some guidance that, hey, maybe online is good. Um, so I think uh, I have exhausted uh, some of my questions. Uh, so I'll uh, go to Somi uh, for no, more i was questions.
0: In- Good the discussion and conversation. I guess with the whole uh, pandemic, we kind of learned to adapt with the new situation. And I guess with the online uh, workshop and online training, I guess the community is doing pretty well. And I guess the audience is kind of uh, got on board as well with that. Uh, I know as you mentioned, they like their training and see how the students are tracking. Might be a bit challenging, but I'm sure you said there are ways that you can kind of see how they're tracking and make sure that progressing well. Uh, with that, uh, the woman, uh, women AI training that you mentioned, uh, I'm sure that it's online as well, right? So you can reach a broader uh, audience as well. Because uh, I am personally keen to get onto that workshop. I'm sure there are other people that online that they want to join as well. And we cannot travel because of the whole pandemic. So, <laughs> oh, so thank you. That's good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hope that I'm in touch with uh, actually with the uh, person that's uh, in APAC so definitely we want to have it soon for women and also we got some requests from men that hey we want to also attend so hopefully we no, can have it. No, no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's only for <laughs> women. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's see. Finger <laughs> cross we can have, yeah. We're gonna improve We're... our gear power so.
1: <laughs> we'll watch from the sidelines. <laughs> Well, we won't talk anything. We'll just uh, watch and uh, <laughs> silently learn.
0: That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you. Do we have any other question from the audience? Or? Uh, so, I just don't. quickly check. Uh, yeah, there were
1: questions. Co- co- yeah, don't there were
0: questions we on the
1: exams. Yeah, uh, just to touching on PON, uh, you know, all the, uh, online thing and COVID. I think it's like a bless, a blessing and a curse at the same time because yeah. now all of the sudden you can attend a conference in US. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to be, uh, awake. Uh, but also in, on the other side is like, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars to get there and mm-hmm. then, uh, basically just, um, just for the hotels and plane takers, just to learn new things. I think now it's a really great thing, a really great time to learn new things. A lot of things are uh, being free. Like you mentioned, This you've done a lot of workshops. Uh, I hope that you'll send all of the links to us so that we can share those links. Uh, And I believe uh, all here in Australia would be happy to have you on our user groups uh, and other events. So I hope that we'll see more view uh, around this area. Um And I hope that we'll also be able to get on your side uh, in New Zealand. And I think right now we do not have any questions. So um do you have anything uh, to add before we finish, uh, Leila?
2: oh no actually i'm really excited about this chat and uh, really looking forward to what you're doing this this really interesting is kind of uh, help us to be in touch with each other and know the other people in the ai so thank you for setting up this uh, interesting uh, kind of the podcast and uh, i hope that uh, we can actually travel again. But yes, that's as you mentioned. Uh, for us also, we travel a lot. It helps us actually to be a bit safe, not traveling that much, and attend the other conferences. But on the other side, we really miss friends like you guys. So yeah. uh, hope hope so this COVID finish, and uh, we can travel and we can meet each other. Definitely. All right.
1: Looking forward to that. Yeah. And with that, we conclude our global AI podcast. I hope uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, you can listen to us on podcasts. You can list, uh, listen, listen us on YouTube and, uh, also see us. And I hope we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks.